headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods of moving and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour, and host of the George Camel Big Time Hit on YouTube, The George Camel Show. That's Camel with a K. He's a Ramsey personality, and he's going to be answering your financial questions along with me this hour. The phone number is 888-825-5225. We'll answer your life questions as well. It's what we do here. Tom is in Dayton, Ohio. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hello, Dave. Hey, what's up? So, this is my question. Uh, I'm 70 years old, and I'm thinking about buying a piece of farm property to leave to my daughter's grandkids when they get older, and I was wondering if you thought that was a good idea or not. You going to pay cash for it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got plenty of money? Well, we're worth about five and a half to six million, and we made it the old-fashioned way. We worked hard for it, just like you. What'd you do? Everybody. What were you doing for a living? Well, the most I ever made in my life uh, was about 55000 a year. Doing what? And it's doing about the same thing. And we're both retired now. And what did you do for a living? What was your career? Uh, basically a handyman. Did that my whole life. And, and just saving money at $55,000 a year got you $6 million bucks. Yep, and it was it was even more than that before 2008. It, that wiped out about, I think, about $2.5 It took 10, 11 years to recoup that back again. But So you got a lot in real estate. I, I don't have any real estate except for the home that we're living in. That's paid off. And So what did you do? Did you invest it all into retirement accounts? Yeah, in uh, okay. Fidelity. How much is the land? My house right now? No, no, the land you want to buy. You said it's a half million? Well, that's a good question. With that net worth, how much do you think I should afford to spend? Because my financial guy told me we would never run out of money if we went to a nursing home for both of us. We should be able to live to be like 99 or something in those and still not run out of that money. So I'm thinking if the market does take a correction here, wouldn't it be wise to have something in like some farmland and lease it to a farmer and he's paying rent on the property and making enough to pay the taxes on it. Yeah. Uh, farmland as, as an, as an ROI, uh, in terms of, you know, it's, it's an alligator. It eats money. It doesn't make money. Um, you know, you can't lease it to a farmer enough to justify the investment. Uh, you, if you were going to do that, you buy income producing property, um, you know, as far as an investment goes, but you're wanting something, uh, because you just like some dirt and you want to leave some dirt to your kids and grandkids. And I don't have any problem with that. So what are you thinking about spending on this dirt? Well, maybe a um, million, two or million, like a hundred acres. And right now it's going for about 10,000 an acre. Mm-hmm. It could go higher. If you go to the higher mm-hmm. price land, it's basically a big flat piece of land. Mm-hmm. No hills. So I'm looking at southeast ohio so you actually want you want some hills right i want some hills but i don't want it all in woods either because that doesn't grow anything except trees yeah i don't think you're buying this for what it grows you're buying this for what it'll go up in value over time and for the enjoyment of going to the family farm right okay yeah i bought a piece of farmland in 08 when everything went down um 
that I got a really nice deal on and I've added a few acres to it as, you know, from neighbors over the years and uh, it makes me absolutely no money every year but I have okay. a really good time going out there and shooting and hanging out with the grandkids and they play in the creek and and we went out there this winter and took dragged them up the hill on the four-wheeler and they rode down in the sleds and you know so really important stuff that made absolutely no money right so that but yeah. that, so my point is this is kind of a family toy but you can yep. afford a family toy of a half a million when you got six million or seven hundred thousand if you got six million but i really wouldn't i don't think you need to justify it with what you're what you're going to make on it because you're not going to make anything on it in your lifetime they're going to turn around and sell it and double their money someday double your money someday but or triple it but but you know you're not you're not going to see it no, I just kind of like to maybe go out on weekends and bush hog or something like that. And Yeah, it's real therapeutic. I went and cut down a whole bunch of crap the other day with my bush hog. It's really therapeutic. It just destroys everything. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I guess Tom, look at it track. this way. I want you. I want you to go do it. I just. It's. A, but I don't want you to justify it. I want you to justify it because if you took a half a million dollars and set it in the middle of your floor and, and set it on fire, your life is not going to change. So right. you can afford a half million dollar toy. Yeah, well, I love. I love the way you tell people no nonsense. You know, just r right as it is, and I've never wasted money on going to. A lot of restaurants. I, I do my own changes. You ain't wasting any money on anything. You're amazing. I mean, it's pretty freaking incredible. I think you ought to enjoy it. Time to spend some of it. But yeah. think about it this way: you spend half a million, that still leaves you with four and a half, five million. Can you live off that? Ten million. You know, you'll be okay. In, in seven years, it'll all double anyway. I don't think you're going to spend much of it beyond that. Yeah. So I think you're doing this for a, a great reason, and I'm. How excited. old are your grandbabies? Uh, they're you know, they're 18 months right now, so I figure. In another 14 or 15 years, I might not be around by then, but if I am, that's what we did when yeah, we were Yeah, but in another two or three years, they can help you drive a tractor with a bush hog on it. Well, they're driving these little electric cars around. I know, but they're 18 months. I mean, we're not putting them on a tractor right now. But, I mean, this is it's good for them. I mean, it may, you know, they have that memory of riding with it. I was out there digging with the skid steer, digging up holes the other day oh, with my three-year-old in my lap, yeah. And, um, you know, so I, he may not remember anything else, but I remember Papa Dave and digging a hole well i'm pretty sure charles rachel's he's he, already obsessed he with trucks. absolutely no other talents but papa that's Dave it. could dig a mean hole <laughs> that's something i remember nothing else about the old man but he was a hole digging fool. that's a talent <laughs> you know people pay good money to have big holes dug dave you might have a second career if this doesn't work out you never know bush hogging and hole digging yeah that would be me <laughs> they don't call him dave bush hog ramsey for nothing around these parts oh it's too fun hey i i got memories like that of my grandpa you know and uh the first time i got to and i was a city kid i mean i grew up in the suburbs but getting to go to his farm and driving his tractor and i'm 10 11 years old and he let me go out driving out through the middle of the field i guess there That's wasn't anything fun. out there i could hurt but I'm just turn yourself it, you know there you go except myself yeah the seat belt probably wasn't working i doubt the airbag was working but what do i know you know and they, I didn't wear a helmet either, so there's a lot wow. of shocking things in there's this story. There's laws now, Dave. I don't think you could get away with that today. You know, I probably got a callus, too, doing it. You never know. It could have happened. It made you know. the man you are. Yeah, you never know. Made him Dave Bush Hog Ramsey. <laughs> You're amazing, Tom. Six million bucks, making 55,000 bucks as a handyman. Don't you people tell me it can't be done. Oh, and he didn't inherit it, you stupid anarchists. This is The Ramsey Show.
You worked hard for your home. It should be a place where you can relax and refocus on your goals. And something as simple as window treatments can make the difference. If you're ready for an upgrade, we've recommended Blinds.com for years. And I've used them myself. That's because with Blinds.com, you don't have to sacrifice your budget, your style, or great service. From blinds, drapes, shutters, and motorized shades, they make it easy and affordable to upgrade your entire home. And their team is always ready to help with everything from design consultation to measuring and installation. Plus, there are never any misleading quotes or hidden fees. Everything is backed by their 100% satisfaction guaranteed, and shipping is always free. See why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Visit Blinds.com to save up to 40% off everything site-wide. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Our question of the day comes from is sponsored by Neighborly. Your ho- hub for home services is your to-do list too long? Whether it's a simple repair or a whole list of home improvements, Mister Handyman's experienced professionals are here to make your home work for you. Visit Neighborly.com to find expert home service providers, including a locally operated Mister Handyman near you. Today's question comes from Kyle in Utah. He writes, I know you recommend paying for things with cash or a debit card, but how do you feel about digital payment options like Apple Pay, Zelle, and Venmo? It's easy for me to just pay with my phone, but it almost feels like play money at this point. Should I stay with what's convenient but a little harder for me to track with digital payment or what's more cumbersome and takes more time to deal with with pulling our cash and splitting everything up? Feels like I can't win either way. Ah, the classic millennial problem, Dave. Stuck between a rock and a digital hard place here. <laughs> this is difficult. But this is true. I've been seeing these videos where people feel like when it's digital or it's on a gift card, there's so many ways they don't feel the pain at purchase. And so I love that he's asking this question because he's recognizing this. He's self-aware that this is a problem for him. But he's saying, I, you know, with digital payments, I do see that it's easier to spend. It's even more frictionless. I mean, Apple Pay's tagline is cashless made effortless. They know that they'll get you to spend more if you can just double tap on your phone and hold it near a reader. You don't even need to pull the card out anymore. So that's pretty wild. And I know we're seeing higher levels of buy now, pay later and all these debt issues. But when it comes to digital payments, here's my take. If you are doing a zero-based budget and you are aware of what you're spending and you've allocated all of that, it's okay if you do Apple Pay instead of pulling out your debit card. But what he's saying is he knows that he's spending more and he feels it less. Yeah. And, you know, the MIT study that's classic is that when you spend actual cash, like $100 bills with like, you know, president's faces on it and stuff, right? When you lay that down on the table and the cashier picks it up and they hand you your item, that it activates the pain centers of your brain. Your brain says, Oh, crap. I don't have that money anymore. When you use a digital transaction, even a debit card, your brain does not activate. It doesn't, it doesn't show that. The pain centers are not activated, meaning that you're not emotionally registering the fact that you're spending money. Consequently, uh, you spend more, the less friction there is. Now, all marketers know this. Every one of us that have a web store Anyone, of any sophistication anyway, we are constantly measuring 
anything that causes you any kind of problem. Anytime we make you click one more time, we lose a bunch of you. And you don't close the sale. You abandon the cart. And uh, we have to make it super easy. The easier we make it, the more of our stuff you buy. All of us that have a web store know that. And so the ultimate example, of course, is, as you said, I think the, the newest ultimate example, before this, it was Amazon Prime, because you can just, you know, you just push a little yellow button that's very, the, even the color has been tested. We've tested different colors on submit, on an order, and different colors cause you to buy more. Oh, if it's green button, if it's a red it's, button, and, a yellow and, and button. And with different products, it's not the same color even. Wow. Sometimes it's a different color with a different product, but that's how detail we get into your mind. How qu- easy are we making it on your emotions to where you just don't feel the knife as it goes in, right? <laughs> you know, that, that's what mar- this is what, that's how marketers are doing it. Okay. This is what, how it really works in the digital world. So Amazon prime, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to enter your card number. You don't have to enter any shipping information. You don't have to click here to use same billing information as my uh, shipping information. You don't have to disavow one of your children. You don't have to do anything. You just push a button and crap shows up on your porch. That's the ultimate and low friction until the Apple store. Mm. Now you walk in, grab something. Walk out. Walk out. It's almost like shoplifting. But the Apple phone knows you were there and registers your purchase you don't even have to go you don't have to stand in line at the register there is no registering that anything occurred there it is in your brain and so that's the ultimate in low friction i mean it feels illegal almost in terms of i'm just walked in here took something and walked out of the store i expect something to go beeping and mall cup you get cop to ride up on his unicycle and not tackle me You're you know i mean i'm i figure something you know it's just feel doesn't it i mean oh yeah you know what i'm talking about i did this at the amazon store in seattle they have one it's a grocery store convenience store yeah. where you just is it amazon out. does apple have one too or is it just amazon apple now has one where i thought, you, I thought there's one of each yeah. you just walk out amazon has them knows. and apple has them both it's amazing how that works and so yes if this is a problem for you, you said it feels like play money. That's a red flag to me that goes, we've got to figure out how to get a hold of this before we start moving to these more frictionless payment options. I'll give you a suggestion. We've done this during Financial Peace University for 30 years. When you first start your new life of controlling your money, make it difficult. Only add the convenience after you've reset your habit patterns. Where you've, if you've lived on a budget for nine or 10 or 20 months successfully, and then you want to add Apple Pay back. And I did this, for instance, when we, when we first started this a long time ago, you, they didn't have pay at the pump. Oh, you had to go inside. You had to go inside. Yeah. And, um, and, and pay inside. Now, they would turn it on because in those days they trusted you, you know, but they, you, you know, and, Here's what's interesting. The amount of uproar over gas prices went down after pay at the pump. Gas prices can go to $5 a gallon. Oh, People don't think anything about it because they just stick the card in, pump the gas. Uh, uh, Well, that looked like a lot of money. Oh, well, and drive off. But if you have to walk inside like you're walking to the gallows, right? It is frightening when I get to You know, you have to walk all the way inside. And if you were to put down $100 – to fill up your car and they gave you no change because the pump maxed out at a hundred and quit 
you would be ready to string up a politician, wouldn't you? I mean, the people would be out with pitchforks and because there's no because there's, that's a lot of friction. The brain is going, hello, hello, hello. This crap just got expensive. Hello, hello, hello. Mm. And, and there's none of that. None of those alarms are going off in our nervous system at all when we do frictionless purchases. So start out and make it difficult. I'll give you an even more pandemic, a more uh, uh, primitive version of that. When you first start, break your food budget into two categories, restaurants and groceries. So you don't accidentally spend your grocery money at the restaurant. It will make you limit your restaurant purchases, and you'll start realizing that 80% of what you spend at a restaurant is entertainment. Only 20% is actual food. And you'll realize that when you separate them. When you put it all in one food budget, then you can rationalize your butt off and just go out to eat all the time and go, oh, my food budget, I don't have enough for groceries. must be Biden's fault. You know, no, it's your fault. But separating them gives you friction in that category and causes you to realize you're spending. So it's a very important discussion. We are in such a convenience culture. Uh, and one thing that could help us get back on track with our finances is making it more inconvenient on purpose. At least until you get a new habit pattern. I use a debit card at the pump. I don't walk inside. But I don't need to worry about it. Sharon said last night, she goes, or at the lake, I was going to go fill her car up. And she goes, well, how much is gas over there? And I'm like, how much? I don't know. I love that Sharon's concerned. I don't know. You have enough money. It's okay. Is she saying, hey, go to this other station. It's 10 cents cheaper. She wants me. And I'm like, she goes, well, I go to Costco at home. And I'm going, and how long do you sit in line? She goes, well, I know what time of day to go to where there's no line. I'm like, after my own heart. This is is why you're Sharon freaking Ramsey, and I'm not. She's a legend. It's your legendary. That's how she keeps. So, but her I mean, that's uh, you know, I do not. I'm not concerned about gas prices anymore. That's not arrogant. I'm not out of touch with the public. I'm just not worried about it anymore. I lived like no one else. Now I buy gas wherever the flip I want. I don't think anything about it, right? So, I got the room, right? So there you go. And that's what you're after. But at the end, but in the beginning, every coupon, every detail, everything, until we got our brains reset permanently in the common sense groove this is the ramsey show most break-ins happen when your home is the most vulnerable in the middle of the day when no one is home so i recommend simply safe home security they're the best at what they do protecting your whole home their award-winning system is backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day half the cost of traditional home security and my listeners get 20 percent off their system when they sign up for fast protect monitoring at simplysafedirect.com there's no safe like simply safe in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage, Kyle and Tiffany are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, way better than we deserve. I love it. Where do you guys live? Dayton, Ohio. All right, cool. How much debt have you paid off? We paid off $157,000. All right. How long did that take? Nine and a half years. All right. One fifty-seven and nine and a half. What was your income during that time? It was a range of twenty to 50000 and we just barely made it to that 50000 recently. Wow. What do you all do for a living? I am a pharmacy tech and an IT coordinator for a children's hospital in Dayton. Mm-hmm. I've nannied over the course of this journey, and I had an in-home bakery. Now I get to stay home with our boys. All right. Very good. So nine and a half years, 157000 with a $50,000 topped income. Is that your house? 
That is house and uh, car payment as well as a little bit of school. You're 100% debt free. That's right. Wow. I'm looking at weird people. <laughs> How old are you, weird people? We are 31. 31 years old with a paid for house. Yep. Making 50 grand. What's the house worth? Oh, now it's worth uh, almost 250000 When we bought it, it was 114 Gotta love it. Yeah. Gotta love it. Well done, y'all. That's pretty cool. I mean, you're the little train that could. Yep. You just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And I will say the price, the it went up in value not just because of the market recently, but we also cash flowed probably forty, fifty thousand worth yeah. of improvements on the home as well as other things uh, throughout this journey as well. So we yeah. did all that as well as cash flowing uh, a lot of different projects. Good for you guys. So how long have y'all been married? Ten years. We just celebrated this month. All right. So as soon as you got married, you start. Yeah. So how does how explain how that happens? Funny story. I was actually forced to do FPU against my will. I drug him Gosh. in. He didn't want to do it, but we listened. You to were forced against your will. Then you drug him against his will. <laughs> Who was doing all this dragging? It gets worse. We listened to you the whole way to our honeymoon. That's that's sad. That's where it started. We had a that's nine really hour sad. drive to the honeymoon, and we said, "Let's throw on some of these CDs," and we just blasted it the whole way. We that's got, after you both got drug in. Yeah. So and how did you get CD drug era. in? Who drug? Who did the dragging? <laughs> my sister did. Your sister drug you in. You weren't married yet. No. And then you said, okay, you're coming too. If I got to do this, you got to do this. As soon as she said yes, she said, now I can start talking to this guy about finances a little bit more seriously. And so she started pushing it towards me. And all she did was ask me to track my eating out budget for one month. And that changed my mind real quick. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That was uh that was inside. That was a good way to kind of yeah just get him on the hook yeah yeah we came home after the honeymoon and started killing it just after that boom yep. we're getting knock gonna knock out the car and get the house knocked out too yeah we knew it was gonna be a long journey with income like that but we mm-hmm. knew it was gonna be worth it well wow. you did you you set a goal and stuck with it that's pretty yeah. impressive I'm just impressed you stuck with changing the CDs out to get through all the <laughs> lessons it's very impressive. There was a lot. We had the whole big box in the back of the car the whole time. (laughs) Wow. So how do you stick with it for nine and a half years? Most people, if they're 21 years old, they're going, I can't do anything. 10 years? Are you kidding me? I'll find another one. I'll be 31. I'll be ancient. (laughs) Uh, Well, to be fair, when we first started it, we had the plan to pay the house off in six years. That was going to be it. We had it all planned out. Um, We got to the point in our mid-20s where we really sat down and talked about it and said, you know, we want to do this. We want to knock this out and create a good uh, future for our children but we've got to have those children so we decided to reallocate some money elsewhere and and start to work on our family now we've got two beautiful little boys Um, but even through all that we just barely slowed down a little bit and just killed it as much as possible so we added three years on but we got two perfect boys out of it and i think what carried us through that 10 years was teaching fpu there for about three years and also just like you said the little engine that could that's kind of what i said last night that's what got us through we had that goal and we did not stop and mm-hmm. if he got weak i was strong and if i got weak he said no we have a goal and we stuck mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. very cool we knew the future that was coming uh, whether we did or wh- whether we didn't so yeah. we wanted to uh see the one that where we are debt free well thanks for coordinating financial peace university classes that does have the benefit of you have to do it because if you don't you're a hypocrite then mm-hmm. you know and you most humans just can't do that they have to it makes you more accountable if you're teaching it it's strange you yep. get you get more hardcore teaching it yeah Absolutely. we had five students over that time to come to us this year and say we did it we paid off our student loan we're wow. so happy to hear that for them we kind of built their own little community yeah well you that's what ends up happening there's because there's a shared pain a shared victory a shared goal and that makes permanent ties yeah. lifetime friends many times and yeah. you can't yeah. talk to a lot of people about this stuff because they get weird they'll shame you they go well, i have student loans you're trying to judge me 
And you guys have created this amazing community of people who want to get better with money and aren't scared to talk about it. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I would have to say, yes, I am judging you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I've said that a few times. That's why <laughs> we, Dave couldn't I'm, coordinate classes yeah, anymore. It's, it's too yeah, awkward. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm judging you. Yes, I am. You, that's kind of what I do for a living. Yeah. So. <laughs> that is so cool. Way to go, guys. I'm so proud of you. I, your sister that brought you to the FPU class has got to be bouncing off the walls. <laughs> That's got to be neat. Yeah. she Did she keep with it, too? Yeah. All right. Got the whole family going. Yeah. I love it. Way to go, you guys. Way to go. Very, very proud of you. How's it feel? 31 years old. It's amazing. Two little boys not have any payments in the world. Yeah. The freedom is unreal. It, it took us months to, uh, to really let it all settle in, just every day looking at each other and just smiling and knowing we're debt-free. We don't have to worry about our children struggling with this or seeing mom and dad going through the stresses of finances anymore and uh, it's just it's so great to wake up every day and know that you don't have to put that on your children anymore amen it's crazy our oldest this summer he's he was there he went to the bank with us he helped us sign the last check he helped how us. old is he he's six uh, he'll he'll remember it then he oh, set yeah. up a homemade ice cream and lemonade stand this summer he did it twice and he made 850 bucks oh <laughs> i'm franchising that <laughs> wow yep that's impressive. They That's catch it. Incredible. They catch on. They really do. And yep. when you change your family tree, you do more than just change the math. Yep. Everything's changed in the spirit. Everything's changed in their character. And that six-year-old will remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll tell his grandkids, yeah, I was here the day mom and dad paid that off. Yeah, I remember back in the day. We had these things called banks. Yeah, that's what'll happen. There's we, a piece we, of we, paper called a check. check. <laughs> I mean, tell you what yes. a check is, son. Yeah, that's, that's what'll happen. You changed it. I mean, it's, the whole thing's going to be new. That's the old man sitting there as a multimillionaire. That's pretty cool. Well done, you guys. Thank you. Hey, we got Baby Steps Millionaires, the book for you. That's where you're headed for sure. Total Money Makeover to give away to one of your class participants and another uh, membership to Financial Peace University. You can give that away and get somebody in one of your classes. You guys keep teaching, keep leading. Way to go. Thank you so much. We're so proud of you, heroes. Well done. Very well done. All right, bring the kiddos in. Let's introduce them and hear their ages. All right, what's six-year-old's name? This is Ryan. Ryan, the $800 ice cream man. Way to go, Ryan. And? This is Bradley. Bradley is how old? Uh, He's just about to be two. All right, way to go, Bradley. Well done. What do you all tell people the key to getting out of debt is? Finding contentment. Knowing that you don't have to have what everyone else has, and you can find joy in the life that you've built and sticking to that goal. I'm kind of looking at a picture that looks like contentment. I'm about to cry right this now. This is beautiful. Yeah, this is well done. Y'all. You got way more than they have because you got yeah. financial peace, my man. Way to go. Very, very cool. Beautiful, beautiful. Kyle and Tiffany, Ryan and Bradley, Dayton, Ohio, 157000 paid off car and house. They're officially weird people. Nine and a half years it took them making twenty to $50,000. they are 31 years old. Mm old 100 percent debt free house and everything hear me people this can be done these guys are dropping a mic on you right now you gotta love it count it down guys let's hear a debt free scream ready three two one we're debt free yeah that is how it's done you know what's weird i didn't hear one complaint gripe excuse i mean they could have blamed everyone and everything as to why they're not where they need to be financially and they just decided nah we're gonna do this anyways you don't hear that from people who are victors you hear that from people that are victims Mm. yeah when you're a victor you don't need to you know excuses are of the past 
You got to put those in the rearview mirror. We're doing it anyway. I know, but we're doing it anyway. I know, but we're doing it anyway. I know, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm. This is how they think. That's how people like unstoppable at that point. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful family. I love it. Yes, this is why I come down here every day. This is the Ramsey Show. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Christopher is in Bangor, Maine. Hi, Christopher. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, how are you guys? Great, man. What's up? So I have a question. Um, first of all, I'm about 25 years old. I'm 25. I have no debt, and I have about 13000 in a brokerage fund in a total stock market 500 index. I also have 15,400 in savings and I just opened a Roth IRA with about 1200 in it. And because I don't own a house and I have no debt, I feel like I can invest more than just maxing out my Roth IRA. So my first question is, do you think that I should take the tax it up front and take my money out of my brokerage to put it in the Roth or if I should keep it in, say, save for a house and also what I can do with extra income, um, how I can invest that. What's your income? Um, right now, it's a little sporadic. I'm a deckhand on a boat. It could be anywhere from two to two grand to thirty five hundred a month. What are you making a year? On um, say with this, maybe thirty or so. Okay, so you're making thirty thousand a year. Are you living on the boat? No, no, I live in uh, my own uh, housing. Okay. All right, so what was the purpose of the brokerage account? What was your goal with that? Um, so that was actually something that my father set up for me when I was 18, and of course I didn't really understand it. Um, and so for a little while I was just funding it until I kind of realized, hey, I need to understand what's going on without just blindly funding an account. That's smart. That's good to be understanding what you're putting money into and why. And so that's that's the heart of my question is figuring out what are your next goals. You have no debt. Uh, you have some money in savings. That's good. That's We're going to call that your emergency fund. And so your next step would, de- would be to invest 15% of your income into those tax-advantaged retirement accounts. Okay. So I'm not seeing a need to fire sale, uh, liquidate the brokerage immediately. You could use your future income to fully fund that Roth. Uh, even then, do you have any other ways to increase your income long term? Um, can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. I think you're a pretty frugal dude. You live pretty low because you're living do, you're living yeah. well under a thirty thousand dollar income and still saving money. It's impressive. So, I mean, if yeah. normally I talk to somebody like you, they'd call me up with a credit card debt, a car payment, and everything else, and you've managed to stay away from all that. Congratulations. Well done. So 15% of 30000 would be 8000 Okay? Okay. It would be 9000 but you could fully fund your 8000 Roth, right? So fully fund your Roth out of your income. You can sit down with a SmartVestor Pro if you want to click. Uh, smartvestor at ramseysolutions.com. That'll tell you who we recommend in your area. They can set it up where monthly you put into a Roth and you fully fund it once. You can fully fund it over time. I don't think you have to cash out the brokerage to fund it. I think you can fund it out of your income this coming year at 25. If you'll do this from 25 to 65, you'll have plenty of money. You'll be a multimillionaire. If you save 15% of your income, 
from 25 to 65, you'll be a multimillionaire. Okay. If you don't do anything else but that, and uh, even at making 30 grand. So if you fully fund a Roth, you'll be a multimillionaire um, at, at uh, 65. So we that, talked to a 70 year old who never made more than 55, and he's got 6 million bucks. Yeah. So yeah. it can be done. That's exactly right. And, you know, by the way, folks, Washington Post is reporting uh, Fidelity, uh, the mutual fund family, is saying that 401k Millionaire Club grew thanks to a stock market rally. Um, George, read over this. This is good. This is pretty wild. So new data from Fidelity found the number of employees with 401k balances over $1 million spiked 26% in the second quarter. So now there's 378,000 of those accounts compared to under 300,000 by the end of 2022. And the average balance in these 401ks was $1.5 million. And here's the key. They stuck to it. These are people who contributed steadily to their plans, even when the stock market took a heart-clutching dive. It says they've seen that payoff in their account balances. And this is something that you know we've been preaching. You've been preaching it for 30 years now. But just stay on the roller coaster and you won't get hurt. Well, and here's the thing. You know, when the news reports that the stock market is up, Never. Did you guys know the stock market's up since the first of the year, 15%? If you put in $10,000 or $5,000 or $1,000, $500 million, whatever, at the first of the year, you would have made 15% on your money in an S&P 500, which is a stock market index, right? It's measuring the growth of the stock market. And made 15% on your money. But, you know, the news is, Inflation's 9.6%. There's supply chain problems. And Hillary, the hurricane, not the woman, hit California. I mean, this is it. That's a right? good caveat. Yeah, we need to be the hurricane, clear not with the woman. no emails were deleted in this message. But yeah. So the, um, wow. I mean, this is encouraging. 15% in one year. You, you know, from the first January 1 to today, have you heard a single news report telling you this? Well, i got to give it to the Washington Post. Fidelity reporting Millionaire Club is up, right? The number of workers with a million dollars or more in their 401ks hit an all-time high. Wow. And this the year. EORs are still out there, Dave. You know what the new line is now? Well, a million dollars isn't enough anymore, Dave. It's more than you got, whiner. That one's my favorite. Won't yeah. get you as far as it used to. Won't. It'll get you further than you are. But these people aren't retired you're yet. whining. And they've got $1.5 They're still on the journey. Yeah, and here's what the interesting thing is. You run all these formulas and theories and stuff. I was meeting with the Every Dollar team the other day, and they're working out a, a formula for a retirement calculator. We're going to build into that thing. And um, I was just, just don't do it like the financial industry. Because the financial industry runs a bunch of hypothetical crap that never actually occurs. What actually really occurs? See, if all, if I give you some examples, like say, for example, okay, if you invest $100 a month from age 25 to age 65 in a decent growth stock mutual fund that averaged 12%, you'd have $1,172,000. That's an example. Well, $1,172,000 is not enough, and you didn't inflation adjust that. And, and, and you know, is that CGR? What, what kind of math? What kind of freaking nerd cares? You got a million dollars more than your dad who had nothing. Shut your butt up and save money. Hello. This is the point. So quit trying to – our purpose here is to get you to actually do this stuff, not run theoretical think tanks. The doing it is the big difference. You know, most of the people we interviewed that made me had a million dollars, they they can't tell you what a CGR is. 
They didn't switch, sit and wring their little nerd analytical hands over whether, oh, do we, what kind of inflation rate do we use? Because in the last 10 years prior to Biden, it was 2.6%. Do we use a post-Biden inflation rate or a pre-Biden inflation rate? Or do we go back 72 years since the CPI started and it's 4.2%? What do we do with our, good God! You sound just like Would you like just a, shut up and put some money in your account? You haven't even mentioned expense ratios yet, Dave. I left those out too. And 12B1 fees. Like I don't oh know they're gosh. there. Because I don't care if they're there. Well, the people the that invest this. are the ones that have money. The ones that don't invest because they get paralysis of the freaking analysis don't do anything. They have no money. So that's the beauty of this young man, Brent. Oh, yeah. See, he didn't need a he, – he's working on a, on a boat. He's working on a boat in Maine. Hello, making 30000 He's going to be a multimillionaire because George told him how to do it. And he's going to actually go do it. And he's he not trying to impress his friends with a giant car payment. And, and, well, and he, he didn't he didn't need some kind of hypothetical, you know, nineteen variable adjusted rationalization to learn to be an investor. He thought, you know, my dad got me started with this. It's probably a good idea that I do some more of it. Well, way to go, Brent. You got something called common sense. They got it in Maine, they got it in Tennessee. And they got it in a few of the other states out there. You can look around. You'll find them. Get you some. Oh, my gosh. But the study found that the average investor in this millionaire study, they were just average. They weren't prodigies. They weren't doing anything fancy. And I'll guarantee you, they don't even know what a 12B1 fee is. And this article ends with this. The majority of savers stayed the course and did not make significant changes to their retirement savings. Oh, you mean they didn't time the market? You mean they didn't worry about the dollar being sniper shot by a new, a whole new currency coming out of China and Brazil, we're all going to hell. I'm taking my money out right now. No, they just kept investing, just merrily along. Stop touching Merrily, merrily, merrily along. This is the Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.